glory forever. Amen. All right, I'd invite our young people to come up here at this time. Did Caden sneak away somewhere? He was here, where'd he go? <laughs> he can come up if he comes back in. Well, how are you today, Keaton? Good. And how are you, bud? I haven't really seen you yet this morning, so. Do you guys have any idea what today is? For one, today is the Super Bowl. That's right. <laughs> Who do you guys think is going to win? Do you know who's playing? So the Chiefs are playing. And the Eagles are playing, yes. You hope the Chiefs win. All right, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and obviously you do. So, would you guys say that the Chiefs are number one? Maybe? A lot of times when we find ourselves rooting for something, we tend to think that they are number one, right? I've been a Chiefs fan for my whole entire life. I grew up in Kansas. We used to go to the games all the time when I was a kid. And I grew up thinking that the Chiefs were the best team in the NFL. And some days I still argue that. But I don't think that they're really number one. Because you know what? There's a lot of people that don't think they're number one. And is any of us right or wrong? And who's the best? No. It's kind of all our perspective, right? So today, in that song that we just sang, that's called Make Me a Servant, we are all called to be a servant for God or to walk in our lives with God. And when we are a Christian and we try to do good things, when we try to live our lives like Jesus taught us, what does that mean? What are some things that we can do to be a good Christian? So football players, they have to train really hard, right? And they're all maybe good in their own positions, but it takes the whole team to help them win, right? And sometimes they lose, and that's okay too. What are some things that we do in our church or that other people in churches might do? What are some ways that we can be a good Christian? Can you guys think of anything? Maybe praying, right? That's one thing we can do. Or maybe helping somebody out that needs help, right? We've talked about a lot of different things, like if you see somebody that maybe just needs a little help or needs a friend, you can be a good friend to them, right? Maybe if they drop their tray at lunch instead of laughing at them or making fun, you can help them clean it up and encourage them, right? All these little, little things. We talked, I talked about how some of the people in our church here, they made coleslaw for the ladies over in Dutton because they're having a big rib dinner later on today. There's people that clean our church. There's people that take care of the outside stuff. There's people, Lila makes our bulletins and our newsletter. Mary's playing the piano. I'm the pastor. Who do you think is the number one person in our church? Any of us that do things. Are any of us number one or better than the other? No. 
We, none of us are number one when it comes to God. God loves each and every one of us and he needs each and every one of us to be on his team, so to speak, to be part of the body of Christ. And so today, I hope that you guys will take a few minutes, maybe during the sermon or later on in church, to think about something that you are really good at. Is there anything that you are good at? What? Biking? Yeah, so, and you did it together, right? And had fun together? Very cool. That's super fun. These things that you guys are good at, these things that make you unique, these are things that I hope that you guys will embrace and that you will know that you can share that gift with other people. So even biking, you know, you can share it with your friends. You can have a good time with them. You can encourage them and maybe teach them how to do it. Other things that you might be good at is just being nice. You guys are all super, super nice people, young boys. I've got to know all of you very well, and I know that you guys are really good people. And you're good at supporting each other, and lifting other, each other up. Those are all good things that you can do. So... I would invite you guys to think about that today and even throughout the week. Be thinking of ways that you can be a really unique part of the Christian community and not just our church, but in the whole world, the way that you can answer your call to walk with God, okay? Let's say a prayer and then we've got a special treat today. Lord, I give you so much thanks for each of these young boys and for the ones that couldn't be with us today. Lord, I am so grateful for your love for each of them and I hope that they learn to know and understand your love and that they are able to learn to identify the gifts that you have blessed them with and that they will use those gifts to show that love to others in all of their ways and everything that they do. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. So today, we had a very, very, very nice person who was thinking about you guys and brought a really special treat because what is Tuesday? It's Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day is all about sharing love with each other. And so we have got some boxes of chocolates. If you would like to take one, there is one for each of you. And you guys can tell Dwayne, thank you for that, okay? He's sitting right back there. If you look on the back of your bulletin, uh, the scripture is printed there if you'd like to um, follow along. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. 
You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous ordinances, I will observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And then from Deuteronomy. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If, if you obey my commandments of the Lord your God, that I'm commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow, to bow down before other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, but choose life so that you and your descendants may live loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him, for that means life to you and length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give you and to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got two more Sundays that I'm going to talk to us about the Spiritual Effectiveness Disorder sermon series that I've been doing. Over the last several weeks, we've really acknowledged that this time of year can impact our mental health, it can impact our spiritual health. There's something about the darkness, the coldness that's outside, just the way that everything kind of gets into this slump after the holidays. We go through happy times of Thanksgiving and Christmas and the New Year's rolls around and we set all these resolutions and a few weeks later, we just kind of get caught in this rut. And that can really affect our spirituality I don't know that it necessarily affects our faith, but it does probably affect the action that we take in that faith. We become people who say that we believe, but we're not doers of the faith a lot of times. So this week, we are really going to focus on how we get up and we get moving and we walk with God. This scripture reading 
from Deuteronomy. It's a really encouraging one for me. The Deuteronomist is talking as if these were some of Moses' last words to the people. And as he goes through this text and this writing, really what is being said is that you can say that you have faith, but unless you actually walk with God, if you don't actually live your life living the way that God desires, you're not going to have a life that is long and prosperous. It says that your days are going to be short. Now, that one could definitely be taken out of context. I personally do not believe that the writer here is saying that if you don't live a good Christian life, that you're only going to live to be 50. I don't think that is what is being said at all here. To me, I think about the days, especially those that we read about in the Torah or the first five books of the Bible, I instantly think of the creation time. There's no possible way that the six days of creation were the six days that we know them because the sun and the moon were part of creation. And so the days were not measured in the same way at that time. To me, when I read through this text, I think it's exactly what we have come to know through the life and teaching of Jesus, the promise of eternity, if we do not truly live our lives walking in the way of the Lord, our days will be numbered. We will not live that long eternal life, that everlasting life that is promised. So how do we make sure that we are stepping into a lifelong faith journey, one that lasts way beyond our mortal time here on this earth? To me, it's more about believing and living in to that belief. It is one thing to say, yes, I believe that there's a God or there's a higher power. There's somebody out there, something out there that is doing all of this. It's more than that. It's truly believing that God had the power to put Christ on this earth as an example for all of us. And then to put Christ on this earth to be crucified and to rise and to allow us to witness a resurrection that promises each of us that we too will be resurrected and go on to that truly long and prosperous life in heaven. How do we get there though? What does walking in the way of the Lord look like? I think that when we really think about it, it's more than just showing up for church. It's more than just being a good person because you can be a good person, you can be a kind person and a loving person without being a Christian. I think it is taking that faith and truly taking it to the next level. And part of that next level is making sure that you care for your spiritual being. So we're going back to the spiritual effectiveness disorder and this way of making sure that our spiritual life is not getting into a slump. If our physical health starts declining, if we get really sick, what do we do? We go to the doctor and they give us an antibiotic or they give us a treatment plan so that we can nurture ourselves back to health. 
If our mental health starts declining and we find ourselves in a state of depression or a state of anxiety or a combination of the two or maybe we've got other mental disorders going on, I hope that we are reaching out to somebody who specializes in that, a professional, a licensed counselor or therapist, and that we figure out a way to help our mental health. When our spirituality starts declining and finding itself into a dark place, we are called to reach out to our provider. Our provider is God. And each one of us can maybe be a support and an encourager on that. But unless we truly reach out to God as our spiritual physician, as our spiritual therapist, as that one who is going to nurture us and make us whole again, then we will be selling ourselves short. Some of the ways that God calls us to care for ourselves are these ways that we've talked about over the last several weeks. One of them was to wake up in prayer. I hope that you have been trying that out. This morning I woke up and I barely opened my eyes. And the first thing that came to my mind was, Come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you comfort. I will give you peace. That was my first prayer this morning was that if there are any of us, if I am finding myself in weariness, that I will come to God. And you know what happened right after I began praying that scripture? I did find peace. I didn't feel exhausted because I've been up for the last three nights with a baby who has RSV. I didn't even think about the Super Bowl, which is a really exciting day in our house. My first thought was that I have found myself weary and I was very grateful for that peace that God was giving me. The second spiritual practice that we talked about was to make a playlist, to find God through music. We've talked about how the melody of music has the highs and the lows. Music absolutely sets a mood. And those emotions that we carry in our hearts can follow the melody of the music, the ups and the downs. Music can move us to tears. It can make us want to dance. It can make us sing. Music is very powerful. So I do encourage you to keep finding God through music as well. And then that third week was these random acts of kindness, bringing valentines for the kids on Sunday morning. These little things that can make a huge difference in somebody's week. So I hope that you are continuing random acts of kindness. Sending somebody a card when you're thinking about them and you realize that, hey, they might just need a little hug right now. Those things mean a lot. And then last week, I talked about these little altars, these people who have influenced our lives, these spaces that help us to connect with God, to finding places throughout our week, because we're only here for an hour on Sunday mornings, maybe a little bit longer if we consider our fellowship time, and depending on how long or short my sermon is. But throughout the week, to find these reminders of God, to help us pull ourselves back into seeking God in all that we do. 
And now this week, to walk with the Lord. What does that look like? I think that some of the ways that we can walk with the Lord are to be doers. To be doers of the word, these things that we read about in scripture, to seek the widows, to seek the children, to help others who are in need, those that are less fortunate, those who are finding themselves in a low place to reach out and seek them and to be with them. Those are the things that Christ did. But the other thing that Christ did, and we are of course going to be focusing on this here in a couple weeks as Lent begins, is Christ retreated for a while and he took care of himself. He went out into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the demons and by the things of this world to find himself right with God before he could truly be a doer. And so for each of us, one of the most important walks of our faith is to care for ourselves, to pull back for a while and to make sure that we are okay in body, in mind, and in spirit. The spiritual practice that is suggested for this week in the sermon series is to get up and to get moving. When we do these things, when we get up and we physically move our bodies, it is proven scientifically, you've probably experienced it yourself, it has a huge impact on your physical wellness, it has a huge impact on your mental wellness, endorphins are released that makes things click in our brain that just makes our mood better and helps us out in all ways. It also helps our physical bodies as our blood gets to pumping. It moves more blood and oxygen to all, every single cell of our being. And our whole body is connected wholly. So when we are out there and we are moving around, our spiritual being is affected too. We find ourselves closer and closer with God. And sometimes we might not even realize it. Some of you might know this last week I had to go to Denver for my very last in-person class at Iliff School of Theology. And the class that I am taking is one that I put off to the very end because I did not think I was going to connect with it. I'm taking Buddhist philosophy right now. Sounds exciting, right? It honestly was not very exciting and I've had to really force myself to focus on it for the first four weeks to do the reading material. I loved learning about the life of Buddha because there is actually a lot of connection and parallels to the life of Jesus, but I could not make myself see Buddhism without my Christian lens. Everything that I read, I was seeing it through my Christian lens of the ways that it applied to me as a Christian pastor or as a Christian in general. But I got down to my in-person classes and our instructor began talking more and more about Buddhism. And I realized the two are similar because they're both religions, but they're also very different. One of the things that we did get to talk about though was of course the practice of meditation through Buddhism. That is a very big practice. And I realized that that is something that I do often, but I do it unintentionally. Our instructor, Dr. Kennard, gave us a list of 10 simple ways 
for meditation. And I'm not going to share all of them with you. I'm only going to share a few of them that stuck out to me. One of them that stuck out was meditation through housework. And I thought to myself, I actually do this often. I do not like laundry. It is my least favorite household chore. And when you have a family of seven, there is a lot of it. And so I do it throughout the week and I let it pile up until Friday. And then what I do is I take all of it in at once and I begin folding what feels like mountains of clothes. But I turn on my playlist and I get lost in that moment. And during that time, as I find myself folding shirt after shirt after shirt and sorting out the clothes that we need for life, I realize I'm not even thinking about the music. I'm not thinking about the laundry. Instead, what I think about is, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. I should give them a call. Or, wow, I should really take some time and go drive out to the mountains. Maybe I should go ahead and schedule that massage that I had planned on doing. And after I get done with this time of what I didn't realize is a form of meditation, I actually act on all of those things. When I was in the airport this last week, I paid way too much money to go get a massage. And it was wonderful. I gave myself permission to do it because I needed that self-care time. One of the other things that they talked about was just getting up and taking a walk. Right now, it's been wonderful and we can easily go do that outside, but on Tuesday, it looks like the weather's going to blow in and it might not feel like we want to take a walk. That doesn't mean that we cannot intentionally find a place to make ourselves walk. The church is a great place to walk. Of course, we've got the ramp, and so you can make laps through the basement, up the ramp, through the sanctuary, and back down. Those of you who have smartwatches probably are in a competition to see how many steps you can get for the day. Getting up and moving and being active feels good. And when you do that, it's amazing how you get lost in your steps. Those of you that go hiking probably know this more than anything. When you are out there in nature and you are just lost walking along the way, your mind kind of wanders like a weeping willow sometimes, but it allows you to process all of those things, those thoughts that you have been carrying. And next thing you know, that shoulder that has been bothering you or that knee that was hurting no longer hurts because the blood's moving in your body. You're not stressed about your taxes that need done. You're not stressed wondering about, oh, did my husband go get the kids from school? You don't think about any of those things. You get lost in that moment, in that place where God wants you to be. So this week... My encouragement for each of you is that you will find a way to get yourself up and to get moving. Get out and walk. Walk in a way that takes care of your own self because you cannot give your love and your heart to others unless you are caring for yourself as well. 
If you do find yourself cold this week and not wanting to get outside, my kids' favorite practice, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is to use our Alexa. We turn Alexa on and we turn music on, and next thing I know, we've been dancing in the dining room for 30 minutes or more. My kids are wonderful at doing every single line dance that there is. Dancing is another way to get lost in the moment and to get your body moving. And those are things that you can do at home. As we go forward and we continue this journey of our own spiritual self, our own spiritual journey, I really encourage you to keep practicing these spiritual practices. If you are finding yourself in this slump in this whole last month, I guess we've been doing this now, you just keep thinking, okay, enough with the spiritual practices already. I'm not going to try them. Wake up tomorrow and try them. It is amazing what a difference it will make when your body, your mind, and your spiritual self is made whole. It will give you a peace and a comfort that only God can give you. And the Holy Spirit will fill every single bit of your body, the spiritual and physical parts. And you will have the energy and the motivation to walk the way that God calls you and desires you to walk. Amen. Our hymn of reflection this morning is the Lord of the Dance.